Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Friday, June 13th, 2008. That's right, Friday the 13th. Scary stuff, huh, kids? You think when they were picking the opening date for the Hulk movie that they really took that into account? I don't know. Anyway, a few things to look at t- today. Uh, we're going to start off with um, a little a little battle that's brewing. And, uh, you know, for a second, it's going to sound like I'm getting really gossipy and I'm, 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 you know, really getting my inner TMZ on. And that's just not the case. Um, but uh, Angelina jo- Jolie and Jennifer Aniston, they're going to they're, they're going to duke it out. Now, <laughs> slow down, everybody. <laughs> it's not quite as great as you think, although just uh, the thought of that kind of had me just taking a pause for a second. Uh, but no, what, what it is, is October 24th. Both of them have a movie coming out that weekend. Uh, Jolie's going to be in Clint Eastwood's uh, missing child drama, The Changeling, which has an awful title, consider, all things considered. Um, but it comes from a true story uh, that was developed into a script by J. Michael Straczynski. And um, is, you know, did really well at, at, uh, at the Com Film Festival. And, uh, you know, hey, it's... Uh, the last couple of movies that uh, that Eastwood did did all right, um, and Aniston, on the other hand, will be part of the ensemble cast of the romantic comedy. He's just not that into you. Um, trailers have started. Uh, well, of course, the trailers started coming out when the, the Sex and the City movie came out, and um, yeah, looks uh, fairly fluffy. But hey, the kids dig that, right? Um, so of course. Um, the the acclaim's going to go toward Changeling, but uh, but perhaps the commercial success um, uh, will be uh, therefore he's just not that into you unless we all make a point getting out there and seeing uh, the Changeling. Um, now the commercial prospects of, for he's just not that into you, of course. Uh, you've got Ben Affleck, Scarlett Johansson, Drew Barrymore, and Jennifer Connelly. Hey, they've all done stuff that is dogged. So uh, so we shall see. And it is from the director of the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. But that's Ken Quapis, and I kind of like what he does on The Office and love the stuff that he did with Freaks and Geeks. I'm divided, but the trailers for it just look truly, truly hideous. So it makes my, my choice quite easy as to which one I'm going to go see that Friday night. Um, other things to talk about. Let's, uh, let's do a little box office from last week. Uh, the number or let's do, just do top five. Number five was The Strangers, and this is the, uh, the Liv Tyler thriller. Um, Holding 8.94 mil for a total of 37.3 million. Uh, Sex in the City was at number four, 21.2 million for a total of 99.2 million. Um, and Indiana, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, 22.8 million for a total of 20 or 253 million. Uh, number two, you don't mess with the Zohan, 38.5 million. And the number one flick last week was Jack Black's um, Kung Fu Panda. Sixty point two million, and uh, in its first week, and uh, hey, if you love the, uh, the 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 martial arts movies, it's kind of a neat satire of those. Um, you know, yeah, there's a lot of stuff for the kids too, but uh, you know, there's there's still some fun stuff for those of us who are fans of the old Chopsaki flicks. So, um, coming up, uh, coming up today, um, The Incredible Hulk, uh, Louis Leterrier, uh, star uh, directing, starring Edward Norton, Liv Tyler, and Tim Roth, and of course William Hurt as uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Well, you know, hey, there's there's some good buzz for this. Uh, Movies.com uh, rated it as as a uh, a light, um, fun action film with good action. 
And, you know, they, they enough that they used action twice in the same one sentence review. Uh, you know, that was one of the big criticisms that a lot of people had toward the Ang Lee uh, Hulk movie. And, and and rightly so. And it was kind of funny. It was on the TV the other day and uh, my wife was watching it and she had turned it on and it was right in the middle of one of the action scenes. And it was kind of, and it, so at first I'm thinking, hey, maybe this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And then it kind of got dull again. But it was it was just that thought, you know, where where what I was seeing was the action. So when I was focused on that, it was like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't so bad, but there just wasn't enough of it. Um, in this one, you're talking about a 26-minute Hulk versus Abom- Abomination fight uh, sequence. 26 minutes, wow. I still think that any time you get into a half hour for a fight sequence, I, I lose interest partway through. It kind of reminds me of uh, King Kong when he's fighting the dinosaurs. It's like, yeah, we get the point. Kong is tough. He's a badass. We get it. Um, anyway, there's, um, you know, again, it's going to be interesting to see how this breaks into the whole uh, Marvel universe of films. Uh, and, um, and that's what they're really trying to do, as we saw with Iron Man. And so it's going to be neat to see the, all the connections here. And I'm not going to get into uh, into what any of them are because that, that'd be just spoilerish. And that, that's just not cool. And, you know, if there is someone out there who hasn't heard about them, it'd be kind of cool for them to get a little surprise, wouldn't it? Um, also coming out, uh, The Happening from M. Night Shyamalan, uh, starring Mark Wahlberg, Zoe Deschanel, and John Leguizamo. And I've, uh, uh, well, actually, I've seen all of Shyamalan's films, um, a couple under protest. But I always, you know, I always go and check it out just because I think there's there's that glimmer there, right? I mean, I, I loved Sixth Sense, really, really kind of liked uh, Unbreakable, although I thought, you know, there was there were a lot more flaws to that one. Um Absolutely hated signs, um, and uh, didn't feel that much better about um, the village. And that's mainly because the, it, it, he telegraphs his twists. I mean, when you look at uh, you know Unbreakable, it was kind of easy to call right away, um, but it was just so stylishly done that I didn't mind so much. But signs had none of that style, and um, had a fairly obvious reveal that was kind of it's kind of like War of the Worlds done dull. Kind of like War of the Worlds was, but that's a whole other thing. Um, and and the village again, it was it was it was easy to call that twist from the um, from the trailer, and there wasn't enough to you know it, the twist shouldn't matter. It shouldn't all be based on you know what the twist is, and and you know if I know the twist, hey, the movie's no good. No, it shouldn't be, but there should be enough to sustain you through it. Aside from that, I mean the the twist is what uh, you know with him uh, where he where he always does that twist at the end. That's kind of what gets you talking about the movie. That's what creates the buzz for it. Um, but when 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 it's not going to create the buzz, and then yeah, then you really need to uh, have more, much more substance to go along with it. And I checked out the Lady in the Water because I love Paul Giamatti. I think he's a fantastic actor, but he was just absolutely wasted in that. And uh, but. Hey, I'm a sucker for uh, for Zoe Deschanel, and um, and usually go to see uh, Mark Wahlberg movies when they come out. So maybe gonna give this one a look. Um, the, the trailer looks great, and and you know you can all email me and say I told you so if um, or or even just you told you so um, it, when I if I go to see it and, and don't dig it. But if I like it, I'll be the first to let you know because um, it, it does look like a pretty decent trailer. Um, <laughs> movies.com review I'm just sort of running through the reviews this morning they said it was a bit of a snore fest but you know they uh, 
you know, they, they were crazy about my Winnipeg, which is apparently a very good uh, documentary and something worth seeing. Um, but, uh, but, but maybe they, maybe they're not, um, the best, uh, barometer for popcorn flicks. And again, they like talk. See, see, it's, it's all very confusing, isn't it? Um, okay. In other news, Will Ferrell, um, his funnier die site, um, he's teaming up with HBO. HBO is uh, buying a stake in the online humor site and commissioning some programming from them. And of course, everyone remembers the uh, the landlord thing with uh, with the little girl who, uh, who who comes in and yells at him for for being late with his rent and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but basically, the site uh, launched last year quickly became a go to place for online comedy and um, draws better than three million users each month. So there's no details yet about the kind of programming that Funny or Die is going to be producing for HBO, uh, but it's likely that they'll be doing sort of uh, half-hour one-off specials, and there may be others that do feature some continuing uh, characters. But basically, Michael Lombardo, who's the head of the HBO programming group, says the groundbreaking deal brings the innovative spirit of Funny or Die into the television medium. With HBO's long tradition of great comedy, this partnership makes perfect sense. So the whole deal calls for the Funnier Die team, and uh, so that includes Adam McKay, Will Ferrell, and Chris Henchy, as well as uh, Judd Apatow, to provide 10 half hours of programming for HBO. And, of course, the cable network will be taking a small ownership uh, stake in the company. So it looks like that all worked out quite well, didn't it? Um, other stuff coming out. Uh, DC Comics is going to release a comic prequel for Fringe. Fringe is the new show from J.J. Abrams, uh, highly anticipated sci-fi drama, and um, DC Comics is going to release a prequel to this on August 27th, which is uh, two weeks before the September 9th two-hour premiere on Fox. It's going to be interesting to see what they're going to do for distribution, and, and nothing's been really said yet um, at this point. There may be uh, maybe some more details later on, uh, this according to Newsarama. Uh, they've said that considering that August's titles have already been solicited, it's unclear, unclear how the comic will be distributed. Perhaps the book is destined for newsstands and checkout counters right next to TV Guide. Um, and actually, according to the article, the creative team hasn't been decided. They got like like two, like a month and a half. <laughs> they better decide very quickly. And and I would bet they have decided, but they're just kind of, you know, keeping it under wraps for now. Um, so uh, it looks like an interesting premise for a show. It looks uh, it looks like it'll be some fun. Um, and uh, it looks like they're doing some some multimedia. Uh, promotion for it which is great uh, that worked out well for uh pushing daisies which uh, which uh, put out um, a comic book at the uh, uh san diego comic-con a couple years or last year and um and it seems to have worked for them uh, they will they will of course be back uh, in the new season um speaking of shows that are making their way back there's cupid uh Rob Thomas, who uh, also created Veronica Mars, um, had a show several years ago with Jeremy Piven and Paula Marshall called Cupid. And it was basically about a guy who, you know, was, is he a mental patient or, or what? What's the scoop? Uh, but, and, um, but basically he believed that he was the, the god of love, the Cupid. And, um, and so it was all about him, you know, trying to bring people uh, together. So somehow, uh, and this show was poorly rated and canceled and uh, was one of the things that kind of cemented uh, Paula Marshall's reputation as a show killer, which, you know, isn't really fair, but, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Um, so they've uh, they've cast Bobby Cannavale, who uh, you may remember from The Station Agent. Also before that, he was in the first couple of seasons of Third Watch, and he's going to play the Cupid. 
and uh, they've they finally found the female lead, uh, which will be Sarah Paulson, uh, who of course you remember from uh, well, maybe I'm the only one who remembers her from Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Um, she's been in other stuff, and uh, and she's really great. So she's going to play Claire Allen, who is a psychiatrist assigned to keep tabs on Trevor Hale, played by Bobby Cannavale, who believes he's the titular god of love after he's released from a mental institution. And this was, of course, the Paula Marshall role. And the series originally aired in 1998, uh, the 1998-99 season. Uh, Rob Thomas, who created the series, is doing the same uh, the same thing on the new version. And so hopefully this works out for him, because that would be kind of cool. Oh, and uh, as for Sarah Paulson, there's a couple of things I forgot. She was in also in a recurring part on Deadwood. And we're going to see her in The Spirit, uh, due out later this year, from director Frank Miller. So. Kind of neat stuff as far as I'm concerned. Um, received some feedback uh, from Derek Coward over on the forum. And uh, and I apologize, Derek, I don't have, uh, I thought I'd brought the, the forum post up and I just don't want to take a chance on it uh, slowing the system down. But he had a question about the show Intelligence. And this was a CBC show. And um, I know Derek's in the, uh, in the Michigan area. So I'm not sure if he was getting it from CBC or if uh, an American affiliate, affiliate had uh, picked it up. But basically... Um, the CBC, uh, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, had uh, cancelled uh, several of their drama series uh, earlier in uh, earlier this year, um, and basically, uh, you know, along with uh, with Intelligence was also the show J Pod, which was based on the Douglas Coupland book of the same name, and really was a very cool show. Um, but the, on the actress site, you know, they're pretty upset about it, and. Uh, uh, Actra is uh, the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. And um, they basically look at this as a devastating blow to Canadian drama. Um, the shows that they cancelled actually were Intelligence, The Secret Lives of Hockey Wives, and J-Pod. And they said that it's really a clear example of inexperienced CBC executives who don't understand their mandate to support Canadian programming, especially drama. Um, Richard Hardacre, uh, who was the ACTRA national president, says CBC is a public broadcaster and they have a responsibility to actively support and promote Canadian critically acclaimed series like Intelligence and work to build a bigger market share for new, distinctive and creatively exciting programming like MVP, The Secret Lives of Hockey Wives and J-Pod. Uh, the CBC has an unfortunate history of cancelling quality Canadian productions before they've had a chance to build an audience share and without announcing replacements, thereby abandoning their audience. Uh, past cancellations of this sort include Da Vinci City Hall, also from the creator of Intelligence, uh, This is Wonderland, and The Tournament. Um, Stephen Waddell, who is the executive director at uh, Actress, says it appears that CBC executives don't even understand the basics of marketing and how to support distinctive Canadian programming. Uh, anyway, it looks like it's a, it's a bit of a mess and, and really comes down to uh, everything to do with ratings. Always the thing. Anyway, that's all the time I got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Head over to the forum at forum.poptopiapodcast.com and have a great week.